0: So, a bit of a merry, merry, quite contrary desire.
1: Yeah. Willy Willy wants a thrilly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm her little brother, William.
0: And this week, we're going to be talking about haunted amusement parks, as suggested by Drew. So, thank you very, very much, Drew. It's a great idea. It yielded pretty damn good results for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Did I- you enjoy your research? Yes, I enjoyed my research and... Uh, I cheated and I'm throwing also in a bonus thing.
0: I want you to go first because okay. I want to know what the bonus thing is. <laughs> all
1: right sure it's very timely my bonus thing perfect um but uh yeah no I'm I'm all about this topic. I've had a hankering as of late for something that I never typically like as the world remains locked down, I for some reason really have a hankering, a craving, to go to like a fair or an amusement park. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's got to have something to do with the fact that those are just larger than life ridiculous environments. Mm-hmm. And it is something that is just in my mind not possible right now.
0: Oh, definitely not.
1: You know, I think it's the I think it's the wanting that which you cannot have vibe.
0: So a bit of a merry merry quite contrary desire.
1: Yeah. Willy Willy wants a thrilly. Yeah. <laughs> And so I've never enjoyed going to fairs typically, but um, I think it would be really fun and especially like uh, uh, not just in general, but really for Guide to the Unknown. Like I I really kind of wish that we already had gone to like a local fair, even like the little pop up ones where you drive the same. Like freeway all the time, and then and then one day you just notice that there's a Ferris wheel off to right. the right that's not usually there. Like, what
0: will we do with that for guides the unknown, like the fun house or whatever?
1: Yeah, fun houses and those rumors. Like I I remember all those urban legends about people going through, um uh uh you know a a, a ride or a, like one of those like dark ride tour things where you're just kind of walking around Hall of Mirrors type,
0: yeah type yep.
1: stuff, not necessarily Hall of Mirrors literally. But then, uh, you know, you walk out with your friends and one person goes like, that was really cool. The hanging body there at the end really freaked me out. And someone goes, there's not supposed to be a hanging body in there. What? And it turns out that one of the, the carnival people killed themselves in there. Like that vibe. Right. It's, it's completely unachievable right now. It's true. Yeah. That's and I, true. And you crave it. I do. I feel, I feel like there's a missed opportunity to have attempted to enjoy it. Before mm. the world went to hell, I don't, yeah. I, I truly, there is no other catalyst. I don't know why I have this right hankering, but anyway, the topic of haunted amusement parks, as suggested by Drew, was particularly of interest to me for that exact reason because these are places that even if they do open right now, I ain't going no way, but I definitely have this like FOMO about mm-hmm. it. So, hey, we did our research on uh, patreon.com slash gttupod where we do our planning sessions for the next month of shows that's right and so we combed through and and tried to find good haunted amusement parks to dig into and do like solid research on so that's why i'm going to first talk to you about lake shawnee Mm -hmm. amusement park in princeton princeton west virginia
0: william you almost got me Gotcha. Come on.
1: Um, The the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park is one of the top results we found as we were trying to find haunted amusement parks. I have no connection to it other than that.
0: Right. Yeah, because this was, Drew suggested the idea during our Patreon live stream that we do on the first Sunday of every month where we lay out the next month of shows. And we really liked the idea of haunted amusement parks, but at first we were having a hard time finding specific places to dig into. So live on the feed, we were Googling these things and forming this show. And I remember we were both like, okay, this one sounds okay. This one doesn't have enough. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the ones we landed on.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there are, in in trying to Google haunted amusement parks, um, it's a marketing gimmick to say that you've got a haunted attraction or something. So that would really screw up the Google search results. Yeah. But so Lake Shawnee Amusement Park, in looking deeper into it, uh, it's just like a small thing. It's a teeny tiny, it looks like it's maybe on like an acre of land. I don't know that as a fact, but uh, it seems to amount to a Ferris wheel. One of those Swinging around swing set things, you know mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yes, yes. Like, I don't know what they're called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell you're like on
0: swings called. that raise up in the air.
1: Yes, they raise up in the air and they spin around. It's almost yeah. as if you took a Ferris wheel, turned it on its side so it's rotating horizontally and hung swing sets from it, so everybody's mm-hmm. swinging and dangling. Whoa! Yeah, it's that and a swimming hole, and that's about it.
0: Well, that's all you need to haunt.
1: I guess so. Uh, The park opened in 1926. It closed eventually in 1966. Mm -hmm. And over the course of its 40-year span, it would rack up a six-numbered death tally. What? (laughs) I screwed up my phrase.
0: Six-numbered? Do you mean like 100,000? No.
1: Yeah, exactly. Six-digit like when you when you're trying to get somebody to like give you like a big paycheck and they're like, There better be six digits on that check.
0: Yeah, right. Or when Ted Bundy was like you know, they said like, Did you kill eighty three people or whatever it was? And he was like, Add one to that.
1: Oh yeah. And I was like,
0: Does that mean eighty four? Or does that mean 138? Or does it mean 381? He just kind of like sat back and smirked.
1: Yeah, he just reveled in the (laughs) puzzling over his death count. Oh, Mr. Bundy. Loser. Oh, what a treat you are, Mr. Bundy.
0: (laughs) One of our great criminal minds. Fry him. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway.
1: No, I just botched reading my own notes. (laughs) Six deaths over the course of 40 years. Six deaths. Um, But on top of those six deaths... It seems that this parcel of land mm-hmm. has itself a gruesome history. So let's jump way back now. Let's go to the 1700s when uh, there was a series of murders where the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park would eventually stand. For, as the story goes, and I I think we should all be looking at this story with a very skeptical modern eye. Okay. The story goes that a man named Mitchell Clay brought his family to that parcel of land and attempted to settle on it. This is a very classic old world story because he found himself in the middle of a massive murderous dispute with the local Native Americans... Who, as old news articles put it like it was it was straight up like like racist depiction of of like Native Americans yeah like it was like yeah they wanted to scalp as kids oh my god the word savage is used like it's it's straight Ugh. up is like I found I found a news source that I didn't end up pulling much from shocker of shocks mm-hmm. that was from the time right it was from the 1700s and was very unpleasant. Not good. And had typos in it, too, which I was like, all right, you, you dumb dumb." Yeah, look,
0: you're dumbing in multiple ways. Yeah,
1: you're dumb. You're dumb. Well, you're dumb. In 2020, <laughs> we laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> so he brought his family to settle on this plot of land, but as the story goes, the land was already sort of claimed. Mm-hmm. So one day, when Mitchell Clay went out to go hunting, the Native Americans came and killed his youngest son, Bartley Clay. Later, they killed his daughter, Tabitha. She was knifed to death in a struggle. And finally, his eldest son, Ezekiel, was kidnapped and later discovered to have been burned at the stake. Man. Now, Mitchell Clay, he enacted his revenge, Kristen, Hmm. by murdering several members of the Native American tribe in retaliation. So that's, that's the original bloody backstory. Yeah. So now let's jump back to, to you know, modern era-ish. Let's go 200 years into the future from the 1700s to when the land is now purchased by one Conley T. Snydow. <laughs> Snydow.
0: Also Conley T., that's who you want owning your haunted amusement park.
1: Well, the name's Conley T. Snydow, and I feel like making a little amusement park. <laughs> That's like a uh, Scooby-Doo character. Anyone want a Ferris wheel? (laughs) Name's Conley T. Snydow, and I feel like making one. (laughs) I like that his last name is Snydow. It's S-N-I-D-O-W. Okay. Which sounds like if a toddler was pronouncing the name Snyder.
0: Yes, you're right. Snydow.
1: Conley T. Snydow bought this land and is going to make an amusement park.
0: Yeah, you're completely right.
1: Yep, love it. Uh, So he built a Ferris wheel, a swing set, a water slide, a dance hall, and a pond. Now, as previously mentioned, it is said that six kids would die over the course of the 40 years that the Shawnee Amusement Park was open. the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park.
0: And that's like a factual thing now? Okay, we still don't know.
1: know. I'm going to bucket everything here as people say gotcha because I don't have concrete information about those six deaths mm-hmm. what I do have is the way that people tell the stories now I saw a lot of this information from the Daily News which we know is yeah the the highest most uh, uh, reliable <laughs> news source from visit mercercounty.com and from this source visit wv.com visit West Virginia. Okay. Dot com. So here's how they that's tell. It's weird.
0: I think Princeton, New Jersey is also in Mercer County, New
1: Jersey. It really threw me, this right? This is strange. I know. Yeah. It, it really. It, that's sort of why I even did the gag of. It's in Princeton, West Virginia. Because even Mercer County coming up all the time, I was like having real a hard time keeping yeah. it straight. So uh, here's how visitwv.com tells the story of one of the kids who's said to have died there. Back in the park's heyday, the little girl in her pink dress, had boarded the circling swing set. But as she swooped around, a truck backed into the path of the swing. Oh, my God. That is one. That's really bad
0: spatial planning.
1: Horrible. Horrible. You got to pay attention by, to your rearview mirror By
0: saying truck, it makes me think that it's, I don't know, like something for... The amusement park, like that, had supplies or something.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I guess I'm wrong. I guess it could be a pickup truck. Yeah, I
1: I definitely took it to be that, like, some other park visitor, uh huh, you know, some other customer wasn't paying attention and backed into the path of the swings. Could be no matter what. Horrible. Now, I did try to find uh, verifiable references to people dying here Mm -hmm. and i kept getting the same sort of hearsay there's another story with believe it or not even less detail about how um a a boy then also was found um having drowned in the pond okay um he was found possibly with his hand um stuck in a a clogged like drainage thing like he just completely got torn down Um, actually, you know what? I was going to have a section for reviews of the park, Mm -hmm. but I I really only have one that felt relevant. So uh, this is from that review on Google, you know, Google reviews from an RC Jones. Here's what they wrote. A lot of kids died here. Some say you can hear a girl singing or talking. I think I have a story. Once a mother dropped her nine year old son off at the lake. Once she came back, he wasn't there. They searched until 10 p.m. until they found his arm was stuck in a drain. He had already drowned. One star. (laughs) That's his one star review. I
0: forgot. I forgot that this was a review for a second. I was just listening to a story.
1: (laughs) No, that's the review from R.C. Jones, who gave this (laughs) Lake Shawnee Amusement Park one star on Google. Not into it. It might have been a one star review of the drain. (laughs) I don't know. Now, again, this all feels very urban legend-ish, um, so let's really crank the urban legends up to 11. Well, let's do it. I love them. Here's the thing. I already explained to you that the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park, which has been shut down since 1966, is said to have experienced six deaths. Yes. And the explanation for why that land might be trouble is because back in the 1700s, the Mitchell family and a Native American tribe all killed each other. hmm let's go even wilder, a new owner took over the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park in the modern era, and according to vague references to excavation having been done there at some point in the last 20 to 30 years... Skellies? Skellies. Ancient Indian burial ground primarily filled with the bodies of children. Okay. I see. I found no other verifiable information about about the renovations done that required excavation. Uh-huh. I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. I just read it online, and it's just kind of what they say.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like probably no.
1: I feel like probably no as well. So that's the amusement park, and those are the stories about it. But uh, let's start turn it into a haunted attraction now, shall we? Oh. Because it is seemingly open. Uh, it's sort of hard to say, um, according to the, uh, uh, what is this called? Oh, no, did I, I think I may have written down the wrong link here, and I want to make sure that I get it right. Okay. Or no, I guess this is it. Okay, it's it's dot com. Cool. So it is now the website for the Lake Shawnee Abandoned Amusement Park, Their tagline, where history meets something else. That's a good tagline. Oh, really? I think it's pretty good. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I'm kind of into it. Something else is so, just like, just something. But I mean,
0: taken (laughs) into the context of knowing that this is a haunted thing, I guess it'd be better if it was where history meets dot, 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 something else. Right. But. I yeah, think it's pretty
1: good. Okay. all right. through that particular lens, i, I I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I particular I, I myself read it as sort of like where history meets dot 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 something. Like, I really read it as, like, we don't know what to say. Just end the tagline. No, it's
0: something else mysterious. All right. Is it demons? We don't want to say. So let's just say it's something
1: else. Right. It's lingering mystery rather yeah. than a loss for words of I, what to even I say. I
0: would imagine. All
1: right. All right, fine. I'll give it to them. <laughs> now, on this website, you can book an overnight experience. Yeah,
0: this is wild. At
1: the uh, uh, At the amusement park for 75 bucks. Um, they have a, a whole page here just referred to as Dark Carnival, which, uh, when I clicked it, brought me to uh, a countdown. Oh, okay. That will be done in 36 days as of this recording. And I started trying to do research into what does the Dark Carnival mean? What What is this? Yeah. And it brought me to their Facebook page, which talks about the Dark Carnival is definitely coming. And I was like, really? Even even like COVID and yeah, lockdown now? and stuff are going to open up? And then I realized that the most recent posts on their Facebook page are from 2019. Oh, okay. All right. So I was so... a little puzzled and, and lost in time. They also have references to having mazes as attractions there. And you can do a tour of Lake Nightmare. So that's- Wow. That is the the pond now. So they're sort of like- They, they got a lot cooking. They're building their mythology, right? right? They're building the mythology of the Lake Shawnee amusement park. mm they also have a section on their website, which I think we had talked about this in the context of Houska Castle, maybe? Okay. Houska Castle. Somebody submitted the proper pronunciation. Oh, okay. Houska Castle, uh, uh, where on the Lake Shawnee website, they've got an entire page for visitor stories. What have visitors seen? Have they seen spirits and stuff? One person said they took a picture of their child uh, <laughs> who wanted to sit in this abandoned school bus, and you can see a face over his left shoulder, um, and it looks like a... You know, I'm I'm sorry if this is your child, but it looks like a like a ventriloquist dummy.
0: I'm about to say, where's the child? Do you I, see the child's face?
1: I do not.
0: Uh, yeah, it just it just looks like a, a scary thing driving a school bus. I, I don't think they're saying that's the child. I
1: think they're saying the scary thing driving the school bus is the child and this oh. is obviously reflection of a tree is a face. Oh! <gasps> uh- That's my read. By the way, you can can look at this on uh, YouTube.com slash Talkbomb. What we're talking about right now is in the video version. Oh, I didn't mean to defame a child. I know. That's sort of how I feel too, but I don't know if this is real. Right, right. There are only two accounts on this page. That's sort of why I, I, I... take issue with the validity of it. Mm-hmm. It seems like a great thing to have a page where people can submit their listener stories.
0: Well, I mean, maybe they started this website right before COVID
1: maybe <laughs> or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? like, I don't know. But there are only two, and they're not mm-hmm. uh, uh, th- the most engaging things I've seen. Right. However, they did embed a couple of videos from people who have gone to the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park to do ghost hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, like this one, which I watched from Omar Gosh tv on youtube again links to all of these things will be in the show notes um uh, so that you can uh, read up on what we're talking about or or watch this video from omar gosh so omar gosh goes to lake shawnee amusement park to do ghost hunting and to sort of tell the story and seems to have full access to walk around and try to capture ghosts and they they have a spirit box mm-hmm. Which I can't wait to use our spirit box. Because I know listening to them use their spirit box. They're like, what? What did it? What did it say? Did it say leave or? <laughs> I th- did it say my name and yeah. it's like still running, <laughs> and so they're like talking over it while it's. Ha- it just seems like madness. It's it's like it's yeah. so hard to keep up with what the ghosts are saying to you. Right. I don't know where you start and stop with a spirit box.
0: Well, I think we'll do the Estes method, which kind of circumvents some of that a little bit. True. Good yeah. point.
1: Good point. But uh, one of the things said in this Omar Gosh TV video of their Lake Shawnee Amusement Park excursion, they talk about how shows have gone to the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Conspicuously absent, Mm -hmm. Ghost Adventures. Okay. According, my source here is Omar Gosh TV on YouTube, saying that the, the, the people who own Lake Shawnee Amusement Park specifically did not want to let Zach Bagans in. Too much bombast. Too much bombast. They didn't want him yelling at the children (laughs) ghosts. That is what they said in this YouTube video I watched.
0: That's kind of sweet, but they should know he doesn't antagonize innocent ghosts.
1: It's true, but he's also been known to to get a little carried away. Yeah,
0: he can get a little rambunctious. He
1: certainly can. Right
0: before I came here, I was watching him when he met Annabelle, and um, he was told not to touch Annabelle, and he couldn't help
1: himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I said (laughs) don't touch my dolly. Please do not touch it. There's
0: a whole scandal with that. You guys should look up Zach Bagans and Tony Sparra. They recently had an online feud back and forth about this because they re-aired the Animal episode for The Screaming Room.
1: Uh-oh. And it's pretty good. Oh. Mm-hmm. On Screaming Room, did Zach like, give his like one-sided perspective on, on a feud? And then Tony Sparrow was like, hey, you just disparaged me on television again. He, Well, yeah, he
0: kind of disparaged him. It wasn't anything too crazy. <laughs> he was more saying he kind of questions the story of behind Annabelle. Um, he wasn't really saying, like, Tony lied about it or anything, but he was just saying it's kind of hearsay-ish, which I don't see how that's so different than a million other stories. But he wasn't directly talking crap about Tony, but he also, like was less uh neutral than I think he usually is hmm. so you could tell they he like didn't really like him. I mean, Tony left in a huff okay. with Annabelle so they left on not great terms uh-huh. and then you know they're watching these past episodes and commenting on him, so he had like a vibe about him. Tony only only handles Annabelle with oven mitts
1: <laughs> <laughs> oven mitts mm-hmm. why not gloves? I don't know. Don't you look a little kookier <laughs> if you're using oven mitts?
0: Yes. And so in their online feud, Zach kind of pointedly mentions the oven mitts. He doesn't say anything about them, but I think just even bringing up the oven mitts is a dunk.
1: It's a touchy subject. (laughs) Don't tease me about my oven mitts on television. (laughs) It's a choice by Zach Bagans and crew to even air that and comment on it for their new series, right? If if he has a feud with this dude... A dude feud? Yeah, dude feud. And he's re-airing it and chatting about it on television again. I guess so, but it's the
0: Annabelle episode. It's not just some random thing. So kind of how could you not?
1: It's also funny that Zach Bagans can take issue with the Annabelle story and mm-hmm. seemingly nothing else on the planet. That's
0: what I'm saying. I know.
1: It's weird. Uh, uh, also, if you're going to question the story behind Annabelle, just watch the movie Annabelle or Annabelle 2, Annabeller. Let <laughs> <laughs> or i don't know annabelle is it called like annabelle Annabellum. is it called like <laughs> is it called like annabelle comes at night i think it's called like no
0: you know what i was gonna say annabelle rising because of hannibal rising
1: <laughs> i don't know annabelle, what it's called annabelle Rising. that's amazing <laughs> i haven't seen them i don't know how come i still want to but you know what i was thinking of i was thinking of i think we've made this joke before on the show I, w- I was thinking about uh, horror mashups. Mm-hmm. Like, how great would it be to have you know Hannibal v. Annabelle? You know, <laughs> it would be great. I can't eat you because you're not meat. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's a grown well, man. Well, she's so- a person, though. Oh, right. She's like a spirit that like holds the doll. She's not- she isn't she's not the doll itself or something well, like that.
0: Well, yes, but I was just saying that she's in the shape of a person. So, is oh, there see. any? I know right. it's not literal meat, but.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's
0: not nothing. It's the shape of something he liked. Right. But I guess it'd be like showing me a burger that's a plush toy. I'd be like, do you want to eat this? I'm like, no, just because it's shaped like a burger doesn't mean
1: that. Yeah, an alien abducts you and gives you (laughs) toys that look like food. Yeah. They're like, why not? We've seen people eat stuff shaped like this. Yeah, you guys like this. This should be gravy. (laughs) By the way, here's some gravy. (laughs) It's fake. And then I'm in. Yeah. Um,. Uh, it also had me thinking, uh, consider this foreshadowing for something I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. It also had me thinking about those mashups of Abbott and Costello meet the the Wolfman. Yeah. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Why don't we have Harold and Kumar meet Jigsaw? You know? Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob meet
0: uh, Freddy activity. Kruger.
1: Yeah, Freddy yeah. Krueger. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Bill and Ted meet.
0: Um. Who's another one? Who's Ghostface.
1: The- yeah, Bill and Ted meet Ghostface. Why not? It's most non-triumphant of you to be stabbing me, <laughs> Ghostface. I, would, a, what's I would love that. What's a cell phone? Whoa, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, be dynamite. Yeah. Get on it, Hollywood. Um, Okay, so on to uh, my second uh, spooky amusement park, mm-hmm. known as Sylvan Beach. Now, this one is in New York, and most of my research is, uh, I, I'm just going to come out right out and say it far even more loosey goosey okay than like shawnee a lot of my research here is extra hearsay mm-hmm. and it seems like everybody repeats like the same few points
0: that happens a lot with haunted places
1: exactly and, and it's so hard to find the original information mm-hmm. but I did do a significant amount of digging I just kept finding the same stuff so ghost adventures no 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 ghost hunters I'm sorry ghost hunters did a show there Season 9, episode 7 of Ghost Hunters, which aired in 2013, in the episode, um, the owner of the amusement park primarily seems concerned with having the TAPS crew, that's what they're known as on Ghost Hunters, the TAPS crew, come out to investigate because members of his employment staff at this active amusement park, still active now, it doesn't look run down, it's not right. like a spooky dilapidated place, it's a functioning amusement park in Sylvan Beach. Um he wants them to come out because a lot of his employees are, are kind of uncomfortable with some of the things that they say they've experienced there and the, the notion of working someplace that ghosts are haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, people have heard ghostly whistling, knocking, things falling over, doors opening on their own. Um, and here's what he had to say to the TAPS crew. Many employees had glass bottles fly across the room and shatter. He adds that he has never been on the receiving end himself uh and no other ghost tale but still can you please do some research and tell us what the deal is yeah um during the uh okay so i got some of my research from watching the episode some of my research from ghost-hunters.fandom.com excellent i love a fan site oh i do too
0: i use fan wikis all the time and our show notes you can see them i love them
1: a thousand percent they're written by just people who like the material so here's what they had to write about the uh some of the events that happen in this episode during the investigation, there are interesting personal experiences. On the non-paranormal front, Britt gets sick riding the tip-top, <laughs> and Steve and Tango get attacked by spiders. Maybe they're ghostly spiders.
0: Maybe. I think they are having a bit of fun.
1: It made me want to turn the episode off. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch this show where Britt gets sick riding tip-top. I don't it know what that sound means. like a great one. At a certain point, it's just words flying around. Sure. Britt on tip-top. Steve and someone named Tango. It's Dave Tango. Dave Tango, sure. Yeah. Never,
0: Steve Gonsalves.
1: Uh, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm no, just I know, I know. not aware of ghost hunters, but Steve and Tango get attacked by spiders? <laughs> it sounds like the person who wrote the wiki was just having a bit of fun. I uh, completely agree. You're right. They're not anticipating some naysaying ne'er-do-well showing up to Papu at it all. It was
0: probably like one second where a spider fell on them. Yes, you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Um, now, their investigation seems to have amounted uh, to evidence about three particular ghosts. Most websites will cite these three particular ghosts. Um, although I should also add that uh, once again, there are stories um, that many people have died at Sylvan Beach. Mm-hmm. And just like, you just kind of hear that and go, okay, just accept it. Okay, they just did. Yeah. I don't know anything about them, but n- many people have died. The sight Yeah. By the way, many people have died everywhere. Yeah. It's just saying. Okay. So here are the three ghosts and a little bit about them. There's Abby. Sometimes Abby is referred to as the Lady in White of the theme park. We've discussed Ladies in White before on Guide to the Unknown. Previous episode, look it up.
0: Mm -hmm. It's Um, one of our earliest ones, if you're looking.
1: That's right. It's way back. Um, Abby is supposedly seen and felt the most in the hotel on the premises. Um, I've also seen Abby referred to as a child. Abby, in this case is a little girl who appears and disappears on rides. There is a ride worker in the episode who tells a story of strapping three little girls into essentially like the teacup ride mm-hmm. type of notion, Um, only to find just two sitting there as the ride is spinning around. That's scary. Mm-hmm. I and like that. And when she asked the two girls, like, where where did the third girl go? Because as a ride worker, you got to be like, did the kid unstrap I'm themselves? i sure. climb? You panic, and the two girls are like, what do you? There were only two of us. Ooh, that's good. I like it. So a little phantom kid got on the ride. That's Abby. There's Scotty, primarily seen in the attic of a building on the park called Playland, um, which makes sense. After all, that is where his body was found.
0: Makes perfect sense, then.
1: I know nothing more about it than that. Okay. (laughs) And there's Jack. (laughs) In life, Jack ran some of the amusement park games and died on site. Now it's said that his ghost is just lingering around in the bars. He's the one that opens doors and stuff. Mm. So the ghost hunters do their investigation. In Playland, they hear a lot of whistling and knocking. They see some stuff topple over in the upstairs attic. They believe this to be Scotty. They see doors opening. They get all of this sort of, you know, this this sort of evidence. Here's what it really amounts to. And then we'll move on to my surprise. <laughs> Here's what it really amounts to. They report back to the big boss who's concerned that his employees are afraid working at this amusement park that's said to be haunted. Don't worry. A lot of times, ghosts just feel comfortable in a place. These ghosts are not malicious. They are not here to hurt you you or scare you. They're just spending their eternity in a place that's full of joy that they loved being at in life. I I have never heard a ghost show end on such a a, 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 like a sentimental notion yeah. like that. And I, I I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. To me, the scariest stuff about ghosts is that you just don't understand their logic. Right. You know, like you're not speaking the same language as them.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: You know, and uh, they could be doing anything. That's another thing that's scary about ghosts, the paranoia of like, are they looking at Who knows at what they're right up now? to? hmm But in this case, Abby, Scotty, and Jack just love being at Sylvan Beach.
0: Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. That's a nice conclusion.
1: And then I just saw the same... Articles all over the place like Froggy 405, the radio station, (laughs) being like, Ghost Hunters came and did a story at an amusement park. Yeah. They talked about Abby, Scotty, and Jack. Right. Another place goes, yeah, the Ghost Hunters did a show. That covered Abby, Scotty, and Jack.
0: Yes, and it just seems like it kind of grew and became fact on the internet based on that.
1: Exactly. I've definitely
0: encountered that, not this time, but before, where I just like, I I can't find any source previous to this show covering it, and now everybody covers it.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent, and it seems like they all have the exact same story, Mm -hmm. hence why I've added my big surprise. Okay. And I've already admitted that it's a bit of a cheat. However... At present, as of this recording, and actually on the day this drops, a brand new movie is coming out. Oh, yes. Movies don't come out anymore. That's true. This is very exciting. They don't happen. Yeah. 2020 is a dead zone, and going to the movies has always been like an escape valve for me That's in like
0: one of the only things I've missed yeah. during quarantine. We go to the movies I, I, a lot. Yeah, I go to the movies a lot. And everything else, I feel like I've been very built for these circumstances. I haven't had a lot of growing pains, but I miss going to the movies actively.
1: Yes, a thousand percent. And um, on on the day that this episode drops, Bill and Ted Face the Music is coming out. Yeah. A brand new movie, like 25 years in the making or something like that. Um, it's the third Bill and Ted movie. There hasn't been one since 1991. I know. Which is also why it was so shocking when we discovered, you and me, that there has been a yearly show... Oh, oh my God. ...held at Universal Studios in Florida called Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. This was truly wild. This Bill and Ted show... Here's here's my ham-handed way of inserting it into this episode. Okay. Bill and Ted have been haunting Universal (laughs) Studios.
0: I was about to say, we've been haunted
1: ever since. It's true. They've been haunting Universal Studios... For decades. Yes, they certainly have been. Without purpose.
0: Right. I, I would think that there's a generation that just didn't know what the hell was going on with mm-hmm. this Bill and Ted live stage show
1: stage show. Exactly. Now you and I have frequently mentioned we love we love an old website. Yes. You know, I want to point everyone to bill which uh, uh, seems to be owned by no one anymore. They are a fan site for Bill and Ted. They've got fanfic, They've got comic book information. And they've got a whole page, BillandTed.org slash Halloween, about Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure at Universal Studios. Oh, wow. And on this site, they also had meticulously organized notes about every mm, year's yeah. show but their list stopped at 2012. I don't know what happened to the person running this website. They either stopped liking Bill and Ted, right? forgot their login <laughs> information, or they're not around. Stopped liking
0: Bill and Ted. I doubt it's that. I doubt it's that. They might have gotten burnt out because this website is exhaustive. It has like... Almost like a couple dozen
1: tabs at the top. Uh, this is a big website. Yeah. They might have gotten burnt out. Seriously. You got to pace yourself with this stuff. Absolutely. So uh, the the way that Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure or whatever landed on our radar is that it's been several years. Yes. But a while back, you, Allie, and myself went down to Florida. We went to Disneyland. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we went to Universal. Okay. Yeah. And – uh We were there for the Hollywood Horror Nights or whatever they call it. Halloween Horror Nights.
0: I know it's HHN. I can't remember what it is.
1: And we're walking around and it's carnival themed and people are jumping out and screaming at us. Yeah, we hated it. And we just couldn't take it. And then I spotted the marquee for a Bill and Ted live (laughs) stage show. This is like, I think it was like 2016 or 2015. It was 2016. 2016? Yeah. And in my head I went, why is this here? Yeah. We have to go.
0: Like a mirage yes. to, to save us from these freaky carnival people. Mm-hmm. But saved we were not.
1: No, not at all. As of 2016, it had been 25 years since the most recent <laughs> Bill and Ted movie. I had, at that time, it's all changed in the last month for me. At that time, I had no love for Bill and Ted. Right. I knew them as like, whoa, excellent, from decades ago. I'd seen them many, many times as a kid. But I didn't have any affection for them, really. I didn't know anything about them.
0: I only watched the first one for the first time a few days ago.
1: And it's great.
0: Great. (laughs) Totally great. I'm going to watch the second before we then watch the new one. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Shockingly wonderful. It's great. Aside from one. I know. At a time. uh, Yes. Rough homophobic F-bomb. Yes. It happened several times in both movies. It only happens
0: once in the first movie. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Well, it stood out to it, me. It
0: stood out like a sore thumb. That's why I know that. I was like, is this going to be a
1: thing? The The vibe of both movies is truly be excellent to each other. Yes. And they are very chill individuals who clearly love each other mm-hmm. and are kind to everybody. <laughs> right. That is why even more. So, I know it was The Times. I yes. know that. But also, the mode of the movie, the message of the movie, the theme of the movie is be excellent to each other. And there are just weirdo homophobic uh, drops in there. Yeah, it was really weird. So, uh, you know, I'm able to compartmentalize. Yeah. I I have the benefit of being able to. Yes. And uh, those movies are very charming. Yeah. Very wonderful. I loved the first one. But in 2016, when we went here, they hadn't been relevant for 25 years. No, it was so weird. So when we went, I was shocked... To see that it was a stage show that is a year in review type of thing where Bill and Ted, just played by two people, right, come out and mock that that year's news. And it seemed to be a beloved, beloved endeavor. It's packed in there. I recall in 2016, they put Hillary Clinton up on a big screen and people like booed and they made jokes that she was the devil. And I was like, what? And,
0: and they had a Hillary Clinton in person. You were come out and strip.
1: That's right. And I was just like, what? have they been doing down here? I know. And I was also like, where are we? Yeah. Because everybody was booing her. Oh, yeah. I'm like,
0: this is what they've
1: all been up to? Yeah. This is what's been happening here every year. And I started researching it then. Yes, it's been going on since 1992. Man. It only just retired three years ago. They've been doing this thing. We
0: just caught it then. We
1: just, how lucky are we? How
0: lucky are we? We
1: saw the second to last one. Wowie. Um, so here's just a little bit of information. Cause again, I agree. I'm shoehorning this in, but I it-
0: didn't say that you were.
1: All right, fine. So, uh, um, I looked into it a little bit. Um, here's a vice article from 2013, which some site as maybe being one of the first turning points because okay. they really called them out. A lot of, a lot of sites, particularly if you look this up, you'll see a lot of sites being like. Well, an old Halloween tradition is coming to a close as the long-running fan-favorite Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween adventures is ending. And it's like fond memories of it. Weird. I remember having a horrible time. Oh, here's, we hated it. Here's the Vice article here, which is fantastic. They describe what I remember, that it was almost like watching disaster movie. Yeah, it was. It was it, was. it was Reference so after reference after reference. The plot of this year's show is about Bill and Ted getting sucked into the land of Oz by a tornado, which, because it's 2013, turns out to actually be, quote, Corey Monteith's ghost. Where, oh. where you're like, I don't even know what is... Ha- what are you even talking about?
0: The tornado is his ghost? Mm-hmm. Whatever.
1: They go, at least that's what I think the plot was. There were so many pop-cultural references awkwardly wedged in that it was too hard to tell. The full plot had something to do with the Harlem Shake, Paula Dean, <sighs> Northwest, the government shutdown, and Macklemore.
0: Wow. Which had me thinking... That really is a time capsule. I haven't thought about many of those things in a long time.
1: It's kind of why I liked reading it. Because I was like, you know, this... Bill and Ted, this sucks. It's right, horrible. Clearly. But it's also so funny that, like, the point was to wrap up the year yeah. and they're all painfully dated as a result. Yes. So, reading people describe them are true misery. So, Weird. even this Bill and Ted fan site, I just randomly clicked on their 2005 yeah. uh, recollection. I saw the show in Orlando, Florida, two nights ago. I'll try to recollect what I can. <laughs> <laughs> the show opens with the desperate housewives giving their monologue over how they're desperate and just so happen to be housewives. Boring intro with a sexually explicit dance number to the old song Smoking in the Boys Room. They exit as the time booth surfaces in Willy Wonka's factory. Okay. Who should pop out but Peter Griffin with okay. his son, Stewie. Okay, that'll do. They, <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is- what? 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 How, they're not even stringing together jokes. They're not even writing jokes. It's an onslaught. It, it's a true onslaught. I remember sitting there in...
0: Uh, I felt like I was on another planet from yeah. everybody where, everybody else. Because everybody seemed to be enjoying it. They were and I hate it when that happens. Yeah. I hate it when I'm not enjoying something that everybody else is enjoying. It makes me sound, feel
1: like a snob. A thousand percent.
0: And uh, But I was like, what is happening here?
1: It was also a reminder that most of the world probably thinks that we're not funny.
0: Yeah. And thinks
1: that we're like lame Yes. And maybe pretentious for not liking this lowbrow, lazy know. humor. The part of the Vice article was also about how brutally homophobic mm-hmm. the show was. Like, they need Superman to help them fight witches in Oz, but then a witch sprinkles fairy powder on Superman. So you, can, you imagine what happens next. Yeah. Uh, it's just like brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, Good Lord. It, it was It was rough. And yeah. honestly... It's like they took the wrong lesson from Bill and Ted about the one like <laughs> bizarro f bomb thing. Yeah, they going took on that moment and expanded it into uh, a tradition, a yearly tradition. Weird. That was then revered, and I'm hoping because Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey for 2020 will Rogers turned out to be by and large, barring the one unfortunate yes. Uh, 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 mistake yeah awful mistake uh are very charming films that take sci-fi very seriously Mm -hmm. and have fun with rules and have a message that is truly of like no just enjoy your life yeah be
0: excellent to each other
1: and in 2020 i find that fantastic and i really hope the new movie is similarly uplifting and and joyous
0: i would think so it seems like this is not canon what is what has was going on in Universal?
1: You know what I mean. Halloween Horror Nights is not canon to the Bill and Tediverse. I don't think so. Can't be. No, I refuse. And I'm no, I'm not, I'm no Bill and Ted mega fan. Right. Although I guess these days I am. Right. Because of the way that I get obsessed about new stuff that I just dis- you know quote unquote discover. Yeah. Right. But uh, it's been on my mind. Yeah, I almost wish that we had just covered Bill and Ted well, at a certain point. So I shoe-horned should him that in been here soon. to our haunted amusement park talk.
0: Maybe yeah. we should do that soon because then we'll have the, the full trilogy to talk about. So let's put a pin in that. You're right.
1: All right, the pin has been put in Bill and Ted. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, I cheated, and um, I don't. I'm not sorry. <laughs> but that is my that is my research.
0: Excellent, William. Thank you very much for gifting us all with that.
1: Most excellent.
0: Now, before we move into my portion of the night, we want to thank our sponsor for this episode. It's a podcast that I bet some of you guys have heard of before. Oh, yeah. This is a very good one and a biggie called Let's Not Meet. Have you ever wondered what it's like to experience true horror in its most visceral form? We often hear stories about serial killers, kidnappers, and potential predators on the news. We read about the unspeakable crimes they've committed secondhand. But what about the victims? What about those fortunate few that made it out alive to tell their tale? Look no further than Let's Not Meet.
1: Let's Not Meet is a true horror anthology podcast narrated by host Andrew Tate that chronicles the first person encounters of those that survived a brush with the most dangerous monsters of all. Join Andrew every Sunday night to hear listener-submitted stories like The Fingers Under the Door, The Hotel Basement, and The Laughing in the Woods. True tales, guaranteed to keep you in suspense. You can catch Let's
0: Not Meet, a true horror podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts today.
1: Links to everything you'll need can be found at letsnotmeetpodcast.com. Com.
0: And I also recommend following Let's Not Meet Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Particularly on Twitter, Andrew, who's the host, is very active, and I find it a fun account to follow. So check him out everywhere. I also know that he's doing a lot of interesting stuff. I think he's kind of beefing up the Let's Not Meet Patreon. Oh. He's been posting kind of behind the scenesy stuff, particularly on Twitter. And it's been really interesting to see, and I'm excited to what to
1: to see what comes out. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No. This is this is a big gun. Yeah. This is this is you're gonna if you if it's not springing to mind right now you're gonna look it up and go like oh right I've been meaning to listen to this right most of you are probably gonna go of course I'm listening to this
0: yeah totally you're gonna recognize the logo Mm -hmm. um friend of the pod list sour was on an episode of let's not meet it's a really really cool engrossing show so you should definitely check it out if by chance you haven't already
1: yeah go go go
0: yeah so thank you so much Andrew for sponsoring this episode yeah thank you and we also want to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon.com Slash GTTU Pod because you really really make this show possible so thank you so much for being over there and we hope you uh, you enjoy the bonuses that we give you and thanks for that so if you're interested in that you're not a patron already you can go to patreon.com/slash GTTU Pod and when you sign up at the four dollar or more per month level, you get a free bonus podcast every month. So there's a full separate podcast called Guides the Unknown's Netherworld Dispatch that only patrons get to listen to. We also have, as we mentioned before, a monthly live stream where we plan out the entire month of shows live with our patrons, talking to them as we do it, including them in our research and getting great ideas from them like we did from Drew for this week's episode. So definitely check that out. And thank you guys so, so much for making the show possible because you really, really do.
1: Yeah, it's it's very true. Um, I uh, uh, Thank you all so much for joining us right now for mm-hmm. this particular episode. If this is your first episode of Guide to the Unknown, uh, I really hope that you'll consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you typically get your shows. You can watch a video version of this show to see Kristen and my smiling faces on YouTube.com slash TalkBomb where we would also really appreciate uh, if you would subscribe. That's one of the best ways that you can keep up to date with what we're doing. You can also follow at GTTU Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, so that you'll even be notified when we do uh, uh, fun, unexpected yeah. things for many of you. Um, this past week, Kristen and I appeared on Euphemet, yes, Jim Perry's show. Where we sat down and we talked about our experiences with uh, having gone to a seance. and That's right. Where we talked about transhumanism and all of these like really lofty concepts that, quite frankly, were above my head.
0: Right. Some of them were for me, too, but I was happy to learn. So we did that exclusively for both Euphemet's patrons and Guides the Unknown patrons, which was really awesome. But it is going to be on Euphemet's regular feed coming up soon. If you're listening in real time, it'll be up next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. So make sure to check that out because that was a super interesting, I dare say stimulating conversation conversation
1: I agree it was it was far more like highbrow and put together mm-hmm. than we typically get here on guide to the unknown yeah because as you can tell with my willingness to just shoehorn Bill and Ted stories in, <laughs>
0: are you self-conscious about that no
1: but it's I def- haven't said it once but you keep bringing it up because it's a total cheat yeah it has nothing to do with a haunted amusement park it has only to do with my own haunted memories of having to watch that in an amusement park. it was crazy it was awful um, and thank God it's dead yes absolutely <laughs> thank the heavens it's dead anyway uh, you can get all this stuff and more links to everything we've talked about at the home of Guide to the Unknown, gttupod.com.
0: That's right. Okay, so now, Will, I am going to tell you about the enchanted forest that was visited by our friends from Ghost Adventures in season 16, episode 6, which took place just two years ago. Good God. So pretty recent. And we didn't mention it just now, but Will and I have a spinoff podcast of this show called Ghost Adventures Adventures, where we break down the episodes of Ghost Adventures from the very beginning. So I'm going to be focusing on what they discover as far as the story of the haunted stuff that happens here, and not really on the nitty gritty of their investigation. But if you would like to hear us break down their investigation, investigations into categories like Bacon's wardrobe check, most dramatic quotes, strangest moments, things like that. Make sure you go check out Ghost Adventures Adventures. Yeah,
1: we just wrapped our season 1, so it's yeah. sitting there for you all to marathon right through season 1 of Ghost Adventures and Ghost Adventures Adventures.
0: That's right. You can binge them both together.
1: That's right. And uh in the year 2099, we'll get to this season 16 episode. I know.
0: I know, it's crazy. It was good. It felt good to be back in the more recent times with them. I I think I like the more recent episodes a little bit better than the very beginning ones. But so... This is a place in Salem, Oregon, and Aaron apparently grew up right around here and went there a ton and experienced weird stuff there. So he was super anxious to check it out. So they go in and they talk to the owner, whose name is Roger Tofty. And the backstory for this place, which I think is very cool, is that he had the idea for it while on vacation with his family in 1964, got like a bug up his butt about it came home bought all the land for it and then worked for seven years to create the park wow yeah it's humongous it's on like 20 acres of land it is so cool looking
1: that's motivation oh yeah is there anything that you started doing seven years ago that you're still doing now
0: podcasting
1: okay yeah easy (laughs) yeah
0: So, the place really does have a fairy tale vibe. There are trees lining the paths everywhere. It really feels like you're in the middle of the woods, because you kind of are. There really are woods surrounding the whole place, and even just dividing up sections of the park. But William, as we know, fairy tales often have a darkness to them. It's
1: true. They can be quite grim.
0: They can be quite grim. And the enchanted forest is no different. So, it... It even just looks creepy. It looks really, really cool in a 70s sort of way, but it's also freaky. Like they have weird elements like animal faces, you know, like kitty animal faces, but animal faces all the same hanging from trees Oh. all around. So you're just like, huh! there's like a smiling bunny that's like worn out from the 70s hanging from like a giant fir tree. It's
1: like pet cemetery.
0: It's very weird. And the even in like kid-friendly spaces, like there'll be like a cutesy little house that you walk in and one room is small and one room is big and things like that. There'll be these unsettling drawings on the walls of like creepy men in an otherwise fun attraction.
1: What? Just like... Spooky. Yes,
0: creeps? there's like a, there's like a freaky man like playing a violin in like a room that's like yellow with pink polka dots. Ugh. And like another guy who's just freaky looking in the same house. It's very, very weird. But one of the places that has the most activity is the haunted house that they have there. Now this is, and I say this with all the love because I think it seemed awesome, um, a haunted mansion ripoff. It seems great. Okay. The difference is that from the outside, the Haunted Mansion in Disney looks very much like a Disney thing. It looks really perfect and whatever. The Haunted Mansion in the Enchanted Forest almost just looks like a house out of nowhere. Just kind of a normal house. A little bit broke down, obviously. But it doesn't have a lot of theme park polish from the outside, which I like.
1: It It's, it's understated and then you can be wowed. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. You can be a little bit wowed.
0: But it's... <laughs>
1: less of a wow and more of a huh
0: yes i would say it's a huh some of it's wowy, but with a i think maybe if it wasn't compared to the haunted mansion there might be a little bit more of a wow but they even have like not that the haunted mansion invented this but there's like brocade wallpaper all over the place what's brocade like, if you picture the it wallpaper. is like something
1: Zach Bagans has in his basement. <laughs> it
0: might be. Or like a coat made out of. Now, if you picture, you know that like black and purple wallpaper that's really ornate looking? That's brocade. Oh, okay. It's like a, a pattern. It's actually a fabric, but it's a pattern that I don't think you people... got my
1: joke wait what because you were like
0: oh brocade yeah. okay i gotcha you. you were like yeah it. he
1: might have a coat made out of it you're right
0: well it's a very dramatic <laughs> looking fabric so i thought that that was
1: what you meant he might wear brocade in his brocade while he plays like pac-man
0: yeah maybe he has a brocade yeah I wouldn't put it past them. But so, and there are just paintings on the wall that I felt like were kind of reminiscent of the stretching room. There's definitely an influence going on there. I even saw like a a fortune teller with a crystal ball. Mm. I tried to, well, I went on, I went on YouTube to see if there were any similar to, the Haunted Mansion kind of ride-throughs that we talked about in episode 105 of the show. And by the way, if you like this episode with us talking about these haunted amusement parks, check out our previous episodes 104 and 105 because they are about... Um, like, literal, like, scary people jumping out haunts and haunted mansions. And then the next episode is about the Disney haunted mansions around the world. So if this is up your alley, those probably would be, too. But in that episode, we were able to watch actual ride-throughs of the haunted mansion that were shot really well. And so you could really kind of get a feel for what's going on in there. Yeah, There weren't any that were shot as well on YouTube for this place. There were some people who... Um, talked about it before they went in and then the experience afterward, but there wasn't a clear tour where you really got to see everything. Um, So I just kind of was going off of like the flashes that you saw in this episode. But obviously there are, you know, haunted, scary attraction things, but also people say that there are actual ghosts in the haunted house. Hmm. And if not having major stereotypical ghostly experiences like seeing apparitions or whatever there's just like a vibe of tension and anxiety that people who work there notice that they get whenever they go in the haunted house so they talk to Ashley Tofty, who is a manager of the park and Roger the creator's granddaughter and she says that the feeling that she gets going into the haunted house is overwhelming and that just makes her feel anxiety and panic and she said she definitely thinks that there are spirits there so they go in and they're doing you know not the lockdown investigation but just walking through with ashley who works there and they feel a cold spot that they seem to be able to track moving they're like here it is and it's moving and they're moving their hand along with it and be like see it's here now it's here now oh. and ashley's like oh yeah like they're all kind of like playing with like uh like a ghost ball like a raver sort of thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't you have you had this joke i think I think this was in a, a haunted disney episode. Because you had me imagining that, like as they're feeling the cold spot, they might feel it and realize it's in the shape of a person. <laughs> like you feel around. Oh, head.
0: what was it? You know what it was? It was in the haunted.
1: I it, think it was it the was, haunted
0: Disney episode. It it was. It wasn't feeling a cold spot. It's so dumb. I know exactly what it was. It was that a maid was dusting. That's right in walt disney's old office and then she's dusting she fe- hits something solid with a feather duster which doesn't see anything there and keeps moving along the salad outline it's the outline of a human she keeps going all the way around so the
1: ghost is perfectly stationary yep, just while waiting. she's waving this feather duster as she gets around his face you should just hear her a little quiet Achoo. it's getting a bit of a tickle yeah i bet i don't know this for sure Kristen. i bet we made that same joke Right? Oh, the achew. The achew. Yes, Doesn't definitely. Doesn't that feel like the obvious joke yes. about somebody dusting a ghost? Yes. I don't. I'm i sure. I bet if people go to listen wherever that was. Yes. You. I bet you hear us making a chew joke. Maybe not exactly the same, but it's probably very similar.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Right? Yeah. I, I don't think I said getting a tickle or whatever, mm. but I think we
1: would have said chew. If I were any kind of editor, I'd go find it <laughs> and then do the comparison. <laughs> yeah. Someone out there who likes what we do. Uh, uh, take this clip from our episode and then drop in the old clip and, and share it with us. By I, I want to see if we made the same joke. I'd love to find out. Yeah.
0: So there is another rider attraction that's in the same park called The Challenge of Mondor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you were taking a sip when I was doing <laughs> 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 Which uh. seems like an obvious Lure of the Rings ripoff, right? For Mordor? Sure. And I thought it was really funny that the staff member that they talked to immediately copped to that. They were like, so what kind of ride this, is this? And he was like, "Uh, it's basically like Lord of the Rings-style laser tag. He, he wasn't like, you know, it's medieval fantasy.
1: Said, right, yeah. Lord,
0: Lord of the Rings-style laser tag. It's tech. like they
1: wrote Mordor and they realized Man, the that tale in of in the
0: trouble. R too, uh, too long it just turned into Mondor. Or
1: just were like, we're going to get sued and so they just right. painted from the R to finish it into an N. Like... <laughs> That'll save us. <laughs> the
0: challenge of Mondor. Um, <laughs> and it looks like, oh, I also didn't mention one of the differences between the haunted house in the Enchanted Forest and the haunted mansion ride is that you just walk through the haunted house, but it's the, still the same kind of deal. It's basically a dark ride without a ride. Like you're still just walking by and like looking at like weird stuff yeah. and there's sound playing, but you're not in a Doom buggy or anything like that. Okay. Um, now with the challenge of Mondor, you are in a buggy while you're playing laser tag and so it looked to me like the men in black ride at universal i don't know if you went on that one mm-hmm. ryan and i went on it when we went earlier this year but um yeah you're in a moving thing on a track but you have a laser that you're like pointing at aliens and shooting them in the city Interesting. it was fun so the employee they talked to is named chris dunn like our mom's uh, maiden name and a lot of our family. And he tells them that one night he was cleaning up and he felt like he was hit with energy that went right through him. And he got dizzy and felt the chills, but didn't really know what was up. The next night, He heard, and he's by by himself during these, the next night he heard footsteps coming behind him, and he knew that that must be connected to what happened to him last night. And so he braced himself knowing the same feeling was about to happen, and it did. Wow. So very unnerving, and he doesn't work in there anymore. Interesting. So he showed them that there is an infrared security camera for the ride where he's noticed these odd shapes come up on it. It's just kind of standard issue security for the park. And he shows them to Zach who says that these are compelling because the shape in them changes from frame to frame even though the photos are right in sequence one after another in the same spot. And it does look weird. It doesn't look like anything in particular but it is this weird – it's not just like an orb or um, a flash. It is this weird like whitish – Shape. Interesting. Um, that that was pretty interesting. So we have to ask ourselves: Why are these things happening here at the Enchanted Forest? Very similar to what you said before in one of the theme parks. Can't remember which one it was. But in 1846, there was a battle between colonizers and the indigenous tribes that were there that continued for years. And this happened directly north of the Enchanted Forest, like right on top of it, basically. Uh-huh. So they wonder on the show if the energy from this could explain the weird things that are happening in the park, at least somewhat, because they have another theory. They mentioned that, but they have another theory that's like a little bit more overriding everything. And it's both interesting and Silly to me. So they start off positing this because at one point they're looking at a mural in the park where, in part of it, Hansel and Gretel probably are like talking to a witch. And so Zach talks about how all the little kids who are coming through the park and looking at this mural may have seen this and believed it because kids believe everything. So if the witch is outside this cave that's actually in the park, because this mural worked in things that are in the park, they might believe a witch actually lives in the cave that's in the park. And so he was saying that if enough people believe this thing, even if they're little kids, maybe it manifested something in some way. And it reminded me of something from Host. So this is a spoiler alert for Host. Just, you know, click through the 30-second thing a couple of times to get by because it it's not super long or anything. But in Host, they're having a seance um, over Zoom, and one of the people isn't taking the seance seriously. And they decide to goof on everybody and tell a fake ghost story yeah. from their past. But the woman who's running the seance says that them telling that story as, it was, as if it were real kind of created like a mask and a role for an actual ghost or demon to step into. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of reminded me of that. If there are a bunch of little kids who believe the story that there is a witch in this cave, if enough of them are believing it, does that create enough solid energy in some way that theoretically some sort of ghost or demon could jump into that role and make it manifest?
1: That's a tulpa.
0: It is a talpa, yes. Enough people is. believe yeah. in it,
1: therefore it becomes manifest.
0: You're right. That's a much cleaner way to say it. But I guess because host is still on my mind weeks after watching yeah. it, that's kind of what I thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, So they really lean on that idea, but they also couple it with the idea that maybe there's something around in the forest, some sort of spirit or something that takes what's in the imagination of these kids and makes it real, Mm. which is a fun idea. But then you can also – what I thought to myself was like, can't you contrast that and think that – would not the positive excited energy of these kids being really happy to be in the theme park counteract that in some way because maybe there's the scary oh a witch lives here but also it's kids like having the time of their lives i do they not cancel each other out maybe they both exist maybe we don't hear about them because they're not as scary but maybe there are actually some positive loving tulpas and manifestations around maybe in a similar
1: way that's very interesting I I would like to submit this. Yes. This is a very, very, very weird point, but I think a lot of uh, 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 people out there that might be in a creative line of work have experienced this. You might hear positive feedback of your work a million times. Then you get one bad review. Yeah. The bad review sticks so much harder. Mm -hmm. It's so much harder to shake a bad review than to you just kind of quickly get over a good review. You don't always believe your own good news, you know?
0: That's very true. But a bad
1: review, its its power is tenfold, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe a negative, maybe there are positive telpas. Maybe the positive energy does come bad, Yeah. But negative information and negative energy, negative belief is so much more potent.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good theory. I think that makes sense. They could coexist, but just the negative always jumps out because we're pains. Yeah. So... Um, relatedly, they wonder if when they do their investigation, Aaron, because he has such strong emotion tied to this place himself, will make for more intense experiences while investigating. And it seems like it could be true. Like I said, I'm not going to go deeply into the investigation part of this because I just really want to talk about the idea of this haunted amusement park. But this was a particularly um, action packed results driven investigation by the Ghost Adventures crew. It was fun to watch. Okay, So I'd recommend checking out this episode. Now, the other place I'm going to talk about isn't there isn't as much to it. It's actually King's Amusement Park and Ghost Hunters covered it in season eight, episode one in 2012. And it's actually only half the episode is devoted to it. It's just not I I, I haven't watched a whole ton of Ghost Hunters, but I forgot that they would do that sometimes where there were two subjects smashed into
1: one. It's like early guide to the unknown.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. Although this is like later in Ghost Hunters. So eh, who knows? Whatever. I don't know. But so this is a place that's in Mason, Ohio, and it opened in 1972. And I I wrote, what's up with these 1970s parks, like being haunted? What the hell's going on? It
1: must have been a thing, right? It must have been the era for it. I mean, there are, you know, I'm not saying they don't exist. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they do. But like the era of the independent theme park.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Where is that at? That's true. Actually,
0: there's going to be an HBO documentary coming out about Action Park in New Jersey. Yeah um i can't remember what it's called but you guys can look it up i but there were like it's not ha- well maybe it is haunted tons of people were injured i think maybe some people died people joke about it and call it class action park or Traction park right um yeah that's another independent one yep. and i think it was built around the same time so i think you've probably got something there mm-hmm. but so this was a place that it seems i i think factually to have built been built where there used to be a munitions plant, which is gunpowder and there were explosions that killed around 50 people there. Oh my god. So a lot of people attribute some of what happens there to the hauntings. Uh, or excuse me, some of what had happened back right. then to the hauntings that have happened since. So the ghost adventure, excuse me, the ghost hunters crew really just focuses on a little girl who they have posited is named Missouri Jane because they have a graveyard either on or right next to the property of this theme park. And there is a gravestone for Missouri Jane, who is five years old. And so they posit that the young girl ghost that people see around the park is the girl in this graveyard.
1: It does not spark much confidence to go to an amusement park and I notice know. a graveyard next door. Isn't that
0: crazy? They and both refer to it as nearby and at the park. So I'm not sure which one it is. I have to imagine it's just nearby and not within the park walls.
1: But but who knows? It just makes me think of like flying off a roller coaster and landing right in an open grave. Yes. It's Doesn't r- it?
0: Convenience. At the end of the
1: Adams family.
0: Completely. It's so weird. So they say that people have seen this little girl in a blue dress running around, giggling, doing stuff like that. And I did a little bit further research and found out that her name is Missouri Jane uh, Galenor. And people have only had positive, friendly experiences with her. Her nickname is actually Tram Girl because so many tram operators in the park have seen her. <laughs> now, I'm basically going to leave Ghost Hunters now and just tell you about some other ghosts that I found out about online that they didn't focus on on the episode. Okay. They also said that there is a young boy who is dubbed Racer Boy because he's seen by the Racer roller coaster dressed all in white and he appears as a solid real person. So when people see um, you know Missouri Jane or whatever she kind of looks like a ghostly little girl but people have reported to employees that hey there's a little kid who's like way too close close to the tracks here and they check it out and it's nobody oh. and it's this like solid ghost boy who they call racer boy there's so there's a legend that's unsubstantiated that a young boy fell out of his coaster onto the tracks and died and so that's who they presume racer boy is hmm. also i found stuff about somebody named tower johnny and this links to something that i find very awesome um who is said and i i I think that this did really happen from what I read. It seemed a little bit more factual um, that he climbed onto this Eiffel Tower thing that they have in the park, joking around and kind of showing off for his friends and fell off of it and died. Oh, so he is said to cause a lot of electrical malfunctions in the park, be kind of like a prankster, not necessarily mean or like scaring people. But like he likes to mess with things so much so that now when sensors are tripped without a known source, they they the staff call them (laughs) Johnny's. The shorthand for like an electrical malfunction that nobody understands is like, yeah, there's like a Johnny in like zone four.
1: Wow. Yeah. Maybe that's what our dad meant. It's our, like come on johnny yeah our dad when he, whenever he would drive us somewhere he didn't have uh, to call it road rage would be to really exaggerate yeah but like impatience yes. you know like somebody you're at a you're sitting behind someone at a red light mm-hmm. light turns green and they don't move yeah our dad would immediately be like come on johnny drive the car come
0: on johnny maybe I, know, it, I know ryan says that maybe
1: it was a ghost
0: maybe it was maybe that's what he calls johnny's yeah. slow drivers
1: Here's Johnny. Here it comes. And it's a ghost. Or
0: let's go, Johnny. Here you are. Let's move it. Yeah. So during the investigation, um, There wasn't really anything super conclusive that they found. They actually debunked some stuff. They did, I shouldn't say it, they did hear some clear EVPs. A couple of the investigators thought that they heard footsteps. But something that I also enjoy about Ghost Hunters is that I think that they very often focus on the um, real world mundane explanations for things that people think are haunted. So in the kitchen of this place, the staff have said that they've heard like pots and pans banging around when there's nobody else working and the park is closed. And they were able to debunk that because they realized there was machinery in the building. And there was another mysterious sound that was attributed to that too. Huh. So they did find some EVPs that sound very clear to me, but also when they sat down with the dude, he was like, don't worry. They were like, don't worry about the pots and pans. It's this interesting, which I do appreciate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, diligence.
0: Yeah. Realism. Mm-hmm. So that's that
1: wonderful. Wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Places
1: that we cannot go to. That's right. Huh? huh. Like, it, Look at it, that. Well, it's kind of fun to like, we're covering a subject matter that most of the time. Would mean that we could say, like, so go on out there and go. That's to- true. Do not go to these places.
0: I don't think you even can.
1: I don't think you even can. Like, it's weird. These are almost like fictional locations right now.
0: Yeah, you're right. You know? It's kind of null and void. hmm But thank you for enjoying this amusement park of the mind with us.
1: I know. What's up with this? Why Why are these amusement parks? I. You know, if... if-
0: I mean they're dangerous I guess
1: they're dangerous
0: It's easy to make up ghost stories about places where it's like You can see how somebody could die there
1: quite easily Right yeah it's true In Clerks the Cartoon Show uh, A carnival is being built And Dante's not allowed to go And uh, at some point the carnival workers come over And they're clearly like strung out Uh The point is the the amusement park is horrible And so one of the workers comes in And he goes Excuse me do you sell rubber bands I'm trying to make a -a (laughs) tilt-a-whirl It's like, yeah, these things are death traps. <laughs> like, you trust that guy you know, like, to make your tilt a whirl? Like held together with paper clips? Exactly. Not to disparage. Certainly no, but you know our our, our carnival workers. Thank you for your service. Yeah, absolutely. I, I miss, People love them. I miss your work. Mm. I never liked it, and I want to go now for some reason. I'm chill. Okay, Krista <laughs> will stay home. <laughs> but I'll see you.
0: I went to the fair at Middlesex a few times because like my friends were going similar to Haunted Houses where I'd be like, everybody's going. Everybody likes to say, of course, I'm going to go. And then I started declining the invite a couple of years ago because I don't enjoy it.
1: But through the lens of guide to the unknown, you don't think there's any 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 fun to be mined? Not a lot. No, Really? No, I mean they don't have what's...
0: spooky stuff these days. No, not really. Really? No, it's like it's really cool that you can go to like Root Beer Johnny's and get like a mug of root beer. Huh. But um, no.
1: Yeah, I don't care about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, okay, I'm enjoying the food. I'm enjoying seeing my friends. But I could probably do this in another venue.
1: Mm. Yeah, I want. I want that one. That one lone. Uh, trailer mm-hmm. that no one really wanders over to, and you hear, like, yeah. <laughs> no, I coming from like a window, it's a haunted housey thing.
0: No, they have like you know, a row of people who are advertising, so it's like a bath fitter and then somebody who sells jewelry. What? And yes, that's what it, that's at, what's at carnivals, at least at the Middlesex one. There's like the rides and stuff too, but then there's just like a row of people like advertising their small businesses, there's like fun food, there's a petting zoo but you know
1: maybe maybe i don't know what a carnival is
0: maybe i mean i don't know the i've only been to the middlesex new jersey one in the last right. like however many years and there was nothing spooky
1: so i might i might like you know throw throw a baseball and knock over some milk jugs and yeah my, that's my, about it my prize is a pamphlet for a, a bathroom renovation guy yes
0: potentially
1: <laughs> that sucks yeah The food's good.
0: That's it for me.
1: All right. I take it all back. I don't think you would like it. We shouldn't have done this show. Yeah,
0: this was a mistake.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you all so much.
0: Thanks for sticking it out anyway. For
1: hanging out with us. Uh, That brings us to the end of another delightfully terrifying episode of Guide to the Unknown.
0: That's right. Thank you so much to our patrons for helping make this happen. Thank you so much to Andrew of Let's Not Meet. Go check out the show. And please... Go check out patreon.com slash gttupod if you would like to support the show and get some awesome goodies like we mentioned earlier.
1: Mm -hmm. We would also greatly appreciate it if you would go out there and spread the good word. Yeah. Tell your friends. Write some posts. Please. Uh, Tell your Facebook groups. mm Mm-hmm. Do some Instagram stories. Do some tweeting.
0: We'll retweet you. We'll redo the Instagram
1: story. Absolutely. Always tag us at gttupod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. In particular, we'd also love it if you would go uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, just like uh, Krillis14 did in their review titled, Fun and Interesting. As the other half of a funny, geeky sibling duo, I truly enjoy listening to these two. They do their research, and it's fun to learn so many pop culture references to later get into. Keep the good times rolling. Thank
0: you, Krillis. So we shall. Thank you very, very much for doing that. That makes a big difference because then any person who's just like scrolling through podcasts can see that review and decide to have fun
1: listening to it, too. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, make sure that you hit up gttupod.com to find links to all things Patreon, our tea Public, where you can yep. get shirts of the Guide to the Unknown logo Um, Join our Facebook secret society so you can talk back to us and other listeners and viewers such as yourself.
0: Yeah, that has new posts every day. That's a cool place to check out. Everybody's really, really nice and really interesting. So definitely join that if you're on Facebook. It's like
1: an active community of people that are all into the same spooky stuff. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think that'll do it for us. Unless you'd like to reach out to us online.
0: That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen.
1: And I'm at The Myth Traveler. But thank you all so much for stopping by to hang out with us. We will be back next week for another roller coaster ride of fun. But until that time comes, we must travel.
0: Back to the netherworld, go we. Whee!
1: Whee! <laughs> Not a roller coaster Ah! I've fallen. Ah! I'm in a grave. (laughs)